2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to begin a series, When Storms Come. And this morning I want to talk to you each week a specific aspect of a storm. Some of you right now, you're facing financial difficulty, marital situations. Some of you have sickness ahead of you and you don't even know it yet. I want to teach you what the Word of God says every week. I want to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. When you have it, will you say amen with us, please? The Apostle Paul, reads to writing to Timothy, reads as follows. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, peace from God, the Father in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank God. I, lo I love that part. I thank God. Already a praise just, just at the remembrance. Whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers both day and night. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears. I want you to remember that phrase. Being mindful of your tears. Paul is reflecting back to, I believe, the last encounter that he had before being pulled away and thrown into a maritime dungeon, he remembers the tears of his student, of his son, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that's in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. Somebody say stir up. That's what some of you need to do this morning. You've been crying about it being over and crying over somebody who left and you forgot about the gift that God has put inside of you. You've been talking about how you're not going to make it and singing your death song. You forgot about the God that lives inside of you. Some of you talk about how you don't have friends and how about this and that. You pull down the curtains. Your room is black and dark, living in depression. I'm telling you, pull the curtains back again. Let light shine back in your life. You're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Stir up the gift of God that's inside of you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's what I want to preach to some of you right now who's about to give up in the storm. I'm going to pull down that spirit of fear today and raise up a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind in you. Because if God be for you, who can be against you today? I want to preach this morning as you're being seated. Run for cover. Every one of us in here have faced emotional storms, physical, literal storms, and spiritual storms as well. Nobody had to ask for them to come. Nobody prayed for them to come. Nobody aspired for them to come. But because we live in a broken, fallen world, they are presented to us by many different situations, sometimes by Satan himself. Sometimes the normal cares of life. And one of the sermons that I'm going to preach to you this, excuse me, this summer, and you're not going to like it, sometimes we bring storms on our own selves by bad decisions, not walking in obedience, not being faithful to the kingdom of God. 
We open up doors that never should have been opened, but that's for another time. Storms, they come in our life. It's not when or how so much. We know that they're coming, but when they do come, how do we discern these storms? What type of storm is it? Where did it come from? And what do I do while the storm is blowing? Because some storms come in our life and we can rebuke them and they cease. Other storms come and we know that if we walk out through Scripture, then the storm will cease once we walk it out through Scripture. Other storms, by obedience, we make that storm fall just by obeying God. If you're having trouble this morning with a, a physical situation that deals with another person, one person asked me one time, I, I have a wife and a girlfriend, which one do I go home to? I saw their storm in one second. <laughs> Truthfully. One second and the storm was over. Now, a new storm may have started when they got home, but that storm closed at that moment. Sometimes just by obedience. And as I searched scripture to open up this series, I thought I would go to Jesus walking on the storm in the fourth watch of the night. He delivered them. I will preach about that later. And some of you have been there already this summer. But God took me to the book of 2 Timothy, one of my favorite passages, a pastoral epistle, where Paul is writing from a maritime dungeon, not the first letter where he was writing from a house arrest, but this time he is in a literal dungeon, writing from a gloomy place, but yet he's writing to encourage his pupil, his son in the faith. He writes to them his, what I believe is his last words. He's about to leave this life. History tells us that he was uh, carried outside of Rome and uh, beheaded one April morning. But we know that he writes his last words to his son in the faith because there's some great truths that he wants to leave before he departs, as he tells us in chapter 4 how his departure was at hand. Timothy at this moment is going through the major storm of his life. Timothy is a pastor, but he's a pastor in a pagan city, a place called Ephesus. And while he's pastoring this great church in this pagan city, we can read out through this book to understand what he is facing. The Bible lets us know, first of all, he's afraid. He's going through the storm now. He's done nothing wrong. He's followed God. He's followed tradition. He's followed his mother. He has the faith of his grandmother. He's not resisted the call of God. He's a young preacher in an infant church obeying the voice of God. He's following the flow from Acts all the way down. He's doing what God has called him to do, but yet he finds himself in a major storm. Quit always looking around asking why, why, why. God, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Sometimes your disobedience will take you in a storm. But other times you can do absolutely nothing wrong but obey the voice of God and find yourself right in the middle of the greatest storm of your life. Was it not Jesus who sent the disciples over to the other side and yet as they begin to cross the sea, they run right in the middle of a storm? Sometimes storms just come in your life, not because you're ungodly, but because you're obeying the voice of God. We have to recognize that there is an external enemy an infernal enemy, if you would, who wants to plague us, stop us, kill us on a mission field so that we will not carry out the truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must wake up this morning and realize that we don't fight against each other. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against great wickedness and great darkness, darkness and great principalities that sits in high places that wish to tear down and tear out the voice of God. That's where Timothy has found himself now. 
He is pastoring a great church, but he is in a pagan city and all of hell is coming against him. And Paul writes to him, first of all, he lets them know, don't be afraid of persecution. Your life is in the hands of God, so just square your shoulders back and do the will of God. Now let me just put that real, real suddenly into you this morning. Sometimes you're so caught up worrying about what might happen that you don't even live life anymore. Listen to me. Are you listening? If a car is going to fall out the sky because a twister comes by your house tonight, and if it's going to fall upon you, there's nothing you can do about it this morning. And somebody said, well, Pastor, well, I won't go home tonight. No, you're not hearing me. I'm talking about in the providential plan of God, the scripture is clear. It's already appointed once for you to die and then the judgment. Some of you don't understand the providential hand of God and the sovereignty of God that's over your life. My life is hid in Christ Jesus the Lord, which means when it's my time to go, God will call me home. So devil, I'm not going to quiet down. I'm not going to simmer down. I'm not going to back up because you threatened me by taking away my paycheck or taking away my career. I know this, if God's got a hedge around me, you can't come through that hedge. If God has built up a wall around me like Fort Knox, baby, you can't climb over the other side. If God's got angels sitting right beside me, devil, I'm gonna sit back eating my tomato sandwich and say, devil, you can't cross the bloodline because God has my back and he will fight my battle. I give God praise in this house. Two, not only was he afraid of persecution, he also was afraid of, I'm gonna watch y'all say this. We know that at times he was ashamed of the fullness of the gospel. Now you may not like that, but Paul told him, do not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we know something caused him to be perplexed. And if you would not be so spiritual this morning, you can agree with that. Sometimes you don't always tell your real faith either, do you? You know, when you're around certain people and you don't want to be persecuted because you go to a Pentecostal church. You know, you're playing golf with your buddies and they start talking about those tongue talkers and talking about this and that and they're talking about dirty jokes and all that and you really don't want to stand up because, you know, they invite you to go play golf four Sundays in a row and you know you can't do that because I'm going to knock on your door if you do that but you don't have the words to say so you kind of hit your ball in the woods so you don't have to be with them. See, at times, all of us have been perplexed about the faith that we have. But if you're really going to be a man or woman of God, just because a storm is raging in your life, don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because what you're being ashamed of is the very life jacket that's going to save you in the storm. Yes, sir. What you're pushing away is the very thing that God's going to send by to pull you out of the storm. Because when you get at the bottom of your storm and you don't know how you're going to get out, that life jacket that's thrown to you is Jesus Christ himself. So don't be ashamed of who you are. Square your shoulders back. At 40, I don't care anymore. I am who I am. I don't need a toupee to change my looks. It's bald, folks. That's just the way it's going to be. You understand? At 20, I would have done something. I would have died it sewed it in, flipped it upside down. I did something. But at 40, I realized I am a Pentecostal preacher. I'm not going to fit in every circle. Sometimes I get emotional at church because I love him and he loves me. And I can't always simmer down like you want me to simmer down to fit with the mayor of Wahala. Sometimes I get excited. Sometimes I act like I'm from Salem and I just can't help it. You understand what I'm saying. Sometimes when I look back over my life and see 
what he's brought me through. I can't help but say if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be in this house? Thirdly, real quickly, he was a close to abandoning his purpose. See, that is the, the objective of the enemy. He wants you to abandon yourself and run from cover and run out of the will of God just because things are not going your way. Point number one for the series. Listen, be careful not to abandon the plans of God when the storm comes in your life. My, my beautiful bride, she's not with me today. I like when it rains. It doesn't bother me a bit. I love a good mountain rain. I like to go sit on the porch and let the rain just bounce on me. Sometimes I'll walk out in the rain just to feel alive. You understand? But not my bride. Because she paid $100 to get her hair done. And by the way, men, whenever your wife goes to get her hair fixed, I don't care what it looks like. Just acknowledge that you notice that her hair has changed and you'll have a good day. You'll have a good day. It took me a long time to figure that out, but I realize that now. I don't care if it looks like a tiger coming in with its stripes all in it. Just say, woo, baby. Just looks good. Feel like I'm at a zoo. Woo. So, so, so. She's the one laid out of church. That's her fault. Y'all messing me up this morning, amen. But she does not like, she doesn't like it. And then my son, because of family members that I have that are afraid of storms because they've been through some great storms like Hugo and tornadoes, they have, they have delivered that fear down because of their panic. And when a storm comes, they were absolutely run out of panic and fear. But the problem is, most of the time, the storm's not their problem. The fear is their problem. Because they begin to fear what's not even there. The storm is going to pass. I used to love what my grandma would do, my memma. When a storm would come up, some of you older saints, you might remember this. I don't care what was going on. Today, kids, it don't bother them. They stay on their games, their phones. But when I was raised in Society Hill, if a storm was coming up, you unplugged everything. You understand? You got you some water. You got, I said water. Y'all going to laugh about how I say it. And you got in the living room. The living room, it had to be the living room. I guess that was prophetic because you wanted to live. So you got in the living room. And what you did was everybody got in a circle on the couch and you sat right there. And I don't understood what this, why this was important, but you couldn't say nothing. Couldn't say a word. Now, I don't know what happened, but my memo was calm through the storm. And then once the storm was over, she would say something like this, God, thank you for sending that fresh rain to touch our tomatoes and touch our cucumbers. God, it came up hard all of a sudden, but God, we know the outcome's gonna be beneficial. God, I thank you, thank you, thank you. That was my grandma. But for while the storm was raging, she'd come right there and sit peacefully till the storm passed by. What a prophetic vision for a timely word. Because what I realize in the church today, when something happens, when somebody leaves or somebody messes up or a family's in crisis, we have a tendency, I'm guilty myself, tendency to want to run. My first inclination when a storm comes, I'll just quit. 
I'll go home. I'll go back. I'll do that. Because what happens is the enemy shows us how dark it is, how gloomy it is. He shows us how fierce the wind is. He beats upon our chest, our breast, to make us understand how tough this storm is going to be. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know how fierce it is. But by the first onslaught of this storm, it makes us want to run for cover, run out of the situation, quit church, leave my spouse, quit my job. I'm going to give up because a storm has come to my life. I come to preach to somebody today. First of all, God has not given you the spirit of fear. It is a spirit. I'm not talking about ordinary fear. I'm not talking about being fear of a mouse that runs through your house. I'm not talking about being afraid of a garden snake in your yard. I'm not talking about being afraid that your chicken's not going to be cooked at the steakhouse today. I'm talking about a spirit. I'm talking about when you see a storm coming and the devil begins to whisper in your ear, you're not going to make it. Your husband's going to leave you. Your child is sick. Some of you are afraid about things in your life that are not even true. They're not even true. My child, my child. I'm not saying there's not things going on with your child. But the devil will never tell you how good it is. He always shows you how bad it is or can be. And what happens is this spirit of fear comes on us and we panic. And when we panic, we do bad things. When we panic, we lose people. When we panic, we lose faith. When we panic, we lose uh, our ability to influence you remember what happened with the Apostle Paul in Acts 27? What was the first thing the men wanted to do? They wanted to jump ship. Now listen to me. Uh, what amazes me about that story, even if they jump ship, they're still jumping into the water that the ship is on. Uh, you know, only thing difference now is they're going to float in on a piece of wood instead of the whole thing. What does Paul tell them? All that stay in the ship will be saved. But he who abandons in a time of panic will be lost. What a powerful word for somebody today. I'm going to quit church. God's not done it yet. God's not delivered me yet. God's not going to do it. I don't know it. You told me over and over and over. And you're about to see the greatest miracle of your life. And you're going to quit because a storm is still raging. Because you saw something on TV. People go crazy today. Every new thing on Facebook. Can't drink this. Can't eat that. If you eat that, it's got too much of this. And then I read in scripture. But Paul says, just pray over it. I remember, I don't know how old this, but I remember what, growing up, you could eat eggs, but then you couldn't eat eggs. You might remember that. Then you could eat eggs again, then they told you not to eat eggs. I'm so confused, I don't know if I want it scrambled or fried. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to live in a sphere of fear anymore. I think we need to be wise. I'm going to talk about that in a second, in the last eight minutes. But I'm going to tell you this, I'm not going to live in a spirit of fear, though. I'm not going to let the devil tell us where our church is going to become. I'm not going to let him tell us about who's going to stay or who's going to leave. I'm not going to let him get in my mind every day and tell me that I'm not a man of God. I'm not going to let him remind me of my past every single day and say this, 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 and that. I'm going to remind him of who my God is. And my God told me he loved me. And my God told me he's for me. And my God told me he'd fight my battle for me. And my life is not in your hands, Satan. My life is positionally in Christ Jesus. 
Jesus the Lord. And what can separate me from that? Nothing can separate me from his love. Not angels, not devils, not heights, not depths, not whips, not principalities or powers. My God is madly in love with me. If you want to see a mama hen fight, if you want to see a daddy come to the rescue of his child, mess with me, Satan, and my God will show up and fight for me every time. I praise God. Hallelujah. God's not give us a spirit of fear, but he give us a spirit of power. Look to your neighbor and say power. You don't have to abandon. You don't have to flee. Why? Because you have innate, divine, dunamis power inside of you. You don't realize it, but this storm may not be for your detriment. It might be the platform that God uses to elevate you in the eyes of others. I would love to tell you that my preaching has elevated me with the men of this state. But to be honest with you, when I receive the most support of this state is when I walked through a storm with a little boy by myself. It was at that time that I was drowning and I didn't know how I was gonna make it. But by the grace of God every day, his mercies were new every morning. And one month became two, and two became six, and before long, I was making it. Still preaching, seeing miracles and the power of God. And the next thing you know, I was preaching in bigger churches and churches on backsides of, of places that I didn't get invitations. Next thing you know, being were asking me to do this, this, and that. And I was praying one day, and I realized it wasn't because of my good looks. It wasn't even my cute preaching. But the storm helped elevate me where God could use me greater. Some of you are belly aching about the storm. Quit belly aching about the storm. You've got God inside of you. His power rests inside of you. Oh, I feel him. The glory of God is inside of you. You let the boat rock back and forth, but sit back and know this. God is in me. I'm not going to drown in this storm. Satan, you cannot drown my God. My God will prevail and he will give me the power that I need to make it through this storm. Now listen, you might have to obey him, but power is released through obedience. God may tell you to sit still. God may tell you to fast. Whatever he tells you to do, let that power rise up inside of you and obey the voice of God. Paul, I know you didn't want to go on this storm, but you've got to, son. And there's going to be 14 days that you're not going to see the sun. But can I tell you something? If you'll stay in the ship, if you'll do what's right, I'm going to get you to the other side. I come to let somebody know it's going to be all right this morning. You're going to make it. You didn't realize how powerful you are. You're like Popeye, about to squeeze the spinach can out of your chest. Young people are talking about who is Popeye? Oh, Popeye. You talking about a man of God. Every time that ugly bearded fella come to steal that good looking skinny woman, God help us, name Olive Oil. I never understood what he was fighting for, but he sure did love her. But every time, Jose, did y'all have that back where you from? You had that too? Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, his hands will be tied, but somehow that can will pop up and he can take that little pipe and suck that spinach down and the next thing you know, just like that right there. That's good preaching. That's good preaching. That's good preaching. I don't know if I learned that at Lee, but that's good preaching right there. 
Because you understand what I'm saying. Some of you like Popeye. You didn't know it. You were tied up and they already wrote the obituary. But that tell them to stop it because you're just about to start a new chapter in your life. You've got power to get up. Power to get up from a divorce. Power to get up from cancer. Power to get up from a breakthrough or a breakdown. Power to get up from bankruptcy. Power to get up from whatever you got to get up from. Power to get up from brokenness. Power to get up in the name of Jesus Christ. God's going to give you power to stand. Stand up one more time in the name of our Lord. Two, listen quickly. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house too. A spirit of love. Look to your neighbor and say love. This storm wasn't even about you. Hello? My storm, my greatest storm is my greatest testimony to my son. Every week it comes up in a conversation. Every week. Somehow, some way we talk about it. Every week. Every week, and it gives me a platform to talk about the mercies of God and the presence of God. How, what do you mean by love, Pastor? I'll tell you what. Because you don't realize it in a storm. When you realize the power that you have, then God opens up that love of His inside of you that you become a minister in your own storm. That's why some of our people have cancer and some of our people are on dialysis and some of our people are in hospitals but while they're there, they're brightening up the whole room of everybody else. Some of you are walking through a storm and all of us see it, but you've not lost your spirit of joy. You're still kind. You're still coming to church faithfully. And we see that from you, that love that you have toward us, and it makes us say, you know what? If they could go through that and still be a Christian, I can make it too. Mom and dad, just because you lost your job, don't let your children hear about how God's failed you. Just because you're going through a storm right now, don't let love stop. If anything, love more. Give more. Because your storm is allowing you. You remember when Paul and Silas was beating open their backs? You know how they begin to worship God? What happens? Doors begin to open. I talked about that Wednesday night, how obedience opens mouths. Doors begin to open. And what happened then? The Philippian jailer went to kill himself. What does Paul do? Don't kill yourself. Paul leads that man to the Lord. And then that man goes home and does what? He leads his family to the Lord in the middle of the storm. Are you listening? Don't stop loving in the storm. Please listen to me as I close. Because when you're a storm, you can get bitter. And when you get bitter, you're no good for anybody. Bitterness is a root. And when that root takes hold, I tithe. But where's God? I've been faithful. Pastor doesn't recognize me. Church doesn't recognize me. I've been there. I've been there. You have too. When that bitterness sets in, you're done. Done. But you can pluck up that root of bitterness because in your storm, that's when love needs to flow more. Love people. You're going through a storm. Find somebody to bless. You lost your job. Pastor, I can't take them out to eat like I used to. Invite them over to your house. Let the devil know you're not going to steal the love and compassion from my life because God's given me a power to keep doing his ministry in a brand new way, devil. You should have showed up a new way, but I've got God's power. Since I have his power, I still have his love, and that love is going to touch everybody in the middle of my storm. Lastly, not just a spirit of love, but a spirit of sound judgment. Wisdom, James 1 and 5. I'm talking about a sober, sober, realistic approach and appraisal to the situation. How you decide what's right, what I should do, 
when I should do it, when I should be still, and you practice this sound judgment. And whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, you follow him, and therefore you will not collapse in the storm. I come to preach to somebody this morning. You don't have to run for cover and panic because a storm is raging in your life. You have the power of God inside of you. You have the love of God inside of you. Brother Nolan, I, I, I was cussed at at my own home. All right. Well, don't cuss back. You may feel like it. But I always like to ask this. What does it benefit? That's how I gauge things. You know what I'm saying? Even when I exercise, what does it benefit? Here's what I do now to stop eating coconut pie because I love coconut pie. I go, how many laps do I have to walk if I eat this coconut pie? Five laps? No, no, I ain't walking five laps, you see? What does it benefit? And so what you've got to start doing is with God's power and God's ability for you to love in your storm, God's telling you, Timothy, I'm going to give you the wisdom to make it in your storm. You don't have to run. You don't have to flee like Jonah. Be still and know that he is God today. That's a word for somebody. Be still and know that he is God today. Church, North Walla, be still and know that he is God today. And then you can stand in your storm when it comes. And say, devil, I have his power. I have his love. And I have his wisdom. God will provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. God will restore these broken relationships. I might have to walk in an unusual humility, but I will if it will restore my home in Jesus' name. I will do it in Jesus' name. sound mine. Satan, I, I love when people ask me this. Does, does the devil want me to pray for somebody? You don't have to ask that. Does the devil, is it my flesh or the devil that wants me to give to missions? The devil's never going to ask you to give the missions. Those things you don't have to pray about. But when it comes to those unusual supernatural things that the Holy Ghost whispers in your most inner being and you realize this is not of me, this is of God. And by faith, I'm going to step out and obey his voice knowing by doing that, it's going to help navigate me through the storm. See, we have a tendency of keeping the storm going because we operate in our flesh. When the Holy Ghost is trying to lead us out, if we would use a sound mind of reasoning, that comes from Him. Does the devil want me to beg for forgiveness for my wife? No. That's probably the Spirit of God. Brother Noah, was it, was it just my flesh that said, I've been fighting with my wife for a month now? What a long time to fight for somebody. You got stamina like Rocky. I take about five minutes of fighting with my bride, then I just let her win. I'm done with it. Right? When's the last time you pulled out a bucket of water, pail of water, set your wife down in a chair and took a towel and said, baby, we've tried to work this through, but we just can't find common ground. So I'm not going to say anything else about it. But I want to pray for you. And I want to wash your feet, as John 13 says. And when I get up from this, it's done in my mind. What you do with it is yours. 
You talking about a revival in your home? You talking about coming out of a storm? It's hard for her to talk to her mother bad about you when you just washed her feet. Every man in the house is not moving out of fear right now, spirit of fear. This doesn't close. What about your brother that you hadn't spoke to in a long time? If he'll make the first move, well, that sounds like God. That sure does. That sounds like that scripture says if they ask you to go one mile, go two. That sure sounds like God. No, that's not God. God's going to tell you to seek peace. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Not just holiness. Follow peace with all men, and without holiness, thou shalt not see the Lord. Two-part two part promise. We always preach holiness in the past. Holiness, I believe in holiness, but it says also follow peace. So don't tell me how holy you are and you can't get along with anybody. See, the wisdom of God will say, you need to close your mouth at sometimes. You talk too much. The wisdom of God will say, it was your fault. You need to apologize. The wisdom of God said, don't approach it, pray about it. The wisdom of God will lead you to deep paths if you would just listen and you won't stay in that storm. God will give you that sound judgment. Stand with me all over the house, please. There are people all in this house. You're in the middle of the storm. Sermon one, don't panic. Don't panic. I want to pray for people this morning who says, Pastor, I was about to lose hope. I was operating in the flesh or my mind's taking over. I don't have a sound mind. I'm fearful of everything. I need you to help me. I need you. I'm not going to help you. God's going to help you. God's going to help you right now. I'm not telling you it's going to turn out the way you want it. I'm not going to tell you everything's going to be just like you like it. But I am going to tell you God's going to fight for you as you walk in full obedience. Every head bow, every eye closed real quickly. If you're in a storm right now, this word is spoke to you. I want you to step out on the count of three. One, don't worry about anybody. First time visitor. You're here for a reason. Two, I want you to step out. My Lord, people are coming. Wow. 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 You're in a storm right now. Three, would you come? Would you come right now all over the house? I want you to be tender. Listen to my prayer warriors. I want all my pastors and prayer warriors to help me, but I want you to listen to me. I want you to come up under my leadership. I want you to be tender. These people are hurting, and they need a graceful hand to help them go through a storm. I want you to be spirit-led, and I want you to be, I've never said that word like that. I want you to be tender this morning. There are people that they've created storms. Some have walked into a storm. Some are about to abandon the ship this morning. But because of God's word, they're going to stop and God's going to minister. All of the house, I need you to come. Leaders, I need college career. I need pastors. I need soft wisdom this morning. Please come. I need you. Please come. Please come. Please come. I need assistance right now. Please come. Please come. All over the house as they begin to sing. As they begin to sing, let's begin to minister right now. Father, in your name, your name. Would you stretch your hand this way and let's begin to pray. I really feel like that this series is ordained of God. I really feel like God has saved it for this summer. Every time, it's almost every day God has shown me something different to preach. And you preachers know that's not always like that. Sometimes you're digging and scrambling. I feel like this series is ordained for such a time. Wow, a beautiful service. Father, now bless them and keep them. May your face shine upon them as they continue to serve you now at North Wahala, as they go on vacation, bless them. 
In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. 